0: From the dawn of MTV through the peak of its popularity, one man wrote songs that inspired some of the most cinematic music videos around. With I'd Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That, Total Eclipse of the Heart, and Making Love Out of Nothing at All, we decide the fate of the music videos of Jim Steinman. <laughs> C-C-C-Q
1: re 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 Which one will it be? It's the Ruined childhood Podcast Greetings, Starfighters. And I say that with... Uh, I always say it with enthusiasm, <laughs> but... That is true. Uh, this has been... Uh, we we've had a bit of a gap and a bit of a delay. On top of that, I'm really excited to be doing the episode that we're doing, and uh, you know, just kind of in, in an interesting place right now. So my greeting, Starfighters, is even more heartfelt than than usual.
0: That's right. You know, this is not an episode about the movie The Perfect Storm. But we have had the perfect storm of situations that have prevented us from recording. Uh, I was sick for a bit over a week and was unable to do anything. And Dan, why don't you share your news?
1: Uh, uh, I, I've got a new baby in the family, so uh, my son Simon was born on uh, April 6th. We're recording this on April 13th, and uh, so we've just kind of been in, in the whole little, like, love bubble with the new baby, and he's he's fantastic and uh, m- my wife has been just like amazing and um has is is doing incredibly well and we're we're just uh you know, really happy, but uh as John said, it was the perfect storm. Uh so let's Mark see. Mark Wahlberg there. was there. Yeah, yeah. Mark Wahlberg with we the had Boston John, C. John C. Riley. John w- C. Riley was there. Absolutely. And, and playing pranks. And um, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the actress and why am I drawing a blank? Diane Lane. Diane Lane
0: was there. Diane
1: Lane was there. Um, you know what? At at a certain point, I might have been hallucinating uh to the point that Diane Lane could have very well been I could have seen Diane Lane. But I, don't know, I didn't. Have we talked about Diane Lane on this show? I believe she's fantastic. I, <laughs> I believe she's come up, but yes, of uh, uh, you know, wonderful actress uh who um, you know uh who was in who's in that movie. So sorry uh who's in that I'm movie just but that is not what we are here to talk about today. No. So no. on this Any... podcast yeah. we typically talk about
0: Colton and classic movies and a few outliers here and there and we talk about how we well first of all we just kind of walk through the movies but then we talk about how we would bring them back as a remake, reboot, prequel, sequel, whatever board game whatever you can possibly imagine. If it imagine. had to be done, if, if it the property be done, had the to be thought experiment of thought experiments. And yes. we decided that for the month of April, you know, Aprils are always fun to mix things up. Little April Fool's action. Speaking of George Clooney and the, uh, as pranks, uh, we decided to kind of turn things on their side a little bit and focus not so much on movies, but cinematic music videos, music videos that have some sort of story arc that, uh, are known for being a little
1: out of the ordinary. They're more than your average music video. It's more than just the the band on a soundstage or just going in through different in different settings. Um, you know, music videos that tell a story that that capture you not just with the with song and sound, but with sight and story. Dan, you're starting to sound like Mitch Cohen. <laughs> and I I, I think I you're a little sleep deprived a, a, a tremendous amount of joy watching these videos <laughs> so on this and episode we're focusing on the uh
0: the cinematic. <laughs> we're focusing on the cinematic music videos which is interesting they're all they're three songs written by Jim Steinman and they are from three different performing artists and I don't No, if they have any links to the productions for their music videos, I don't believe they do. I need to check on that. I mean, Um, one of them was done a straight up decade after the other ones.
1: uh, Yeah, I don't. There's not a connection between these. And I mean, uh, you know, we'll get through them. Um, And and there's, uh, you know, there are connections among like meatloaf videos right but we're not doing we're doing one meatloaf video right so um Dan oh, do continue. you want to
0: do Do you want to do these chronologically or do you want to do these uh in any a, any type of different order I don't know maybe uh notoriety
1: order I don't know if that could really I, be done I I, I I actually I do think that um chronological order makes sense okay
0: Great. So then in that case, we're going to be starting with the, uh, well, it was released in the UK in February of 83, June 83 in the US, Total Eclipse of the Heart as performed by Bonnie Tyler, written, of course, by Jim Steinman. Before we launch into that song uh, and the music video, Dan, do you want to give a little bit of background about Jim Steinman? Okay. So uh, rest in peace, pour one out, by the way.
1: Oh I mean, yeah, d- definitely, definitely. And by the way, port went out for Gilbert Gottfried, who has and nothing Gilbert to do Godfrey. with anything we're talking about today. But uh, you know the n- news uh, yesterday. And uh, okay, so Jim Steinman, you know him as the writer of "Yes, Total Eclipse of the Heart." I would right. do anything for love, but I won't do that. Paradise by the the whole "Bad Out of Hell" album. Meatloaf's kind of groundbreaking, operatic. Uh, album and you know Jim Steinman was such a a part of that, and he's such a it's it's his signature voice. It's so signature that when you hear bands that are not necessarily like the light FM acts like Air Supply, but a band like Sisters of Mercy doing um, a a Jim Steinman, I, I forget if if he uh, produced the track or wrote the track or or whatever, but he did a uh, um a Sister of Mercy song, uh Celine Dion's It's All Coming Back to Me Now. Right. Um mm-hmm. and, and Jim Steinman was so was so popular. I'll give you a little uh give you a little background. So um he really kind of uh found himself as an artist at Amherst College in Massachusetts and he um there he collaborated uh, with people uh, such as Barry Keating. Barry Keating wrote the uh, Broadway musical *Starmites*, and when mm-hmm. I directed it, I actually had Barry Keating come out and and meet and talk with the the cast. So Barry Keating and I actually chatted a bit about his work with Steinman as Did well. You now? And like you know, it was the late sixties, so a lot of. Uh, you know Steinman's stuff was like a more operatic more like you know he was like into like Brecht and um like Wagner and mm. um you know pop wise you could hear a lot of like you know especially in his productions that um you know uh uh you know fuck Phil Spector uh, sure. fuck him um uh, a lot of his like wall of sound you can hear in a lot of like uh Steinman's productions um but he kind of like developed his style there, um and wrote these like, you know, mythology based musicals that were very, you know, hippie in uh, in vogue. But it was where a lot of his songs started. So like the whole like turnaround Bright Eyes from Total Eclipse of the Heart uh, is in a musical that he wrote called uh, the The Dream Engine." Oh. And um there were some other things like the monologue from You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth, which is the second track on the Bad Out of Hell album. It's a great song. On a hot summer night, Would You Offer Your Throat to the Wolf with the Red Roses? And that's Steinman doing that in on the album. I love it.
0: Yeah. So uh, what around, I mean, you know what years would, would this have been when he was doing this kind of stuff?
1: Uh, so this was late sixties and then okay. early seventies, he started, he was doing stuff in New York and like, uh, the public, I know, um, uh, Joe Papp was, uh, was a big supporter of his. And that's where, um, he actually, he, he collaborated with Bette Midler in the early seventies. She kind of did a demo of, uh, Heaven Can Wait, which is on, uh, also on Bad Out of Hell huh. and, uh, and then he did a um uh he had a song that Yvonne Elliman did from of her album. Uh and and then he wrote um he wrote music and lyrics for a musical called More Than You Deserve, and one of the actors in the show was Meatloaf. Oh, okay. So then uh and Meatloaf later sang that song. Another part on, went out. On another, yeah, yeah, uh, and, and Meatloaf sang that song actually on on his album Dead Ringer in 1981, uh, which also features a lot of a lot of Steinman songs. So then, um, fast forward to 1977, uh, and Steinman has been, you know, uh, doing stuff with Meatloaf, and it's kind of like, you know, the songwriter finds the voice. Right. That type of thing. And then they, they started to, oh, they were touring with the National Lampoon show for, for a while. And, uh, and, and then, uh, eventually like Steinman and meatloaf went around trying to like sell bad out of hell to people. And like, they went into these like, you know, record execs offices and, um, and like, you know, like meat, like was doing Paradise by the Dashboard Light in their offices, like Meatloaf, uh, Ellen Foley, and Jim Steinman, and a pile um, of cocaine. So, <laughs> needless to say, uh, yeah. So, so anyway, so bad. So eventually, they get bought. Bad Out of Hell uh, gets made by uh, CBS Records, and it is released two days before I was released from the womb. Uh, (laughs) so October 20th, 1977, uh, bad out of hell comes out and it, 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 it takes some time to pick up in the States. It's huge immediately in the UK. Um, but eventually it, and it just keeps picking up and it's just like, got this great cult around it. Um, and you know, Paradise by the Dashboard Light just, you know, is a is is one of those party classics. Uh and and you know, and then Steinman had he, he collaborated with Bonnie Tyler on Total Eclipse of the Heart, uh, Faster Than the Speed of Night. He he's big into these puns and these plays on uh on on phrases. He used like going all the way. That phrase in, is involved in so many of his um in so many of his songs and he just, you know, is kind of a master of, of double entendre. He recorded his own album, his right. own solo album called Bad for Good and uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, the videos <laughs> for that album are, that should be an episode in, in and of itself. <laughs> um, uh, but what's interesting is he collaborated with a lot of Um, like a lot of musicians who we know of, like a lot of uh, several members of the E street band, Hmm. uh, you know, played, uh, uh, you know, on bad out of hell and, and a lot of his, his work there. And, uh, Todd Rundgren was, (laughs) you know, produced bad out of hell. And so you got all these people meet. And then, uh, Oh no, I don't think, uh, Steinman wrote the song dead ringer for love. Um, Oh, wait, did he?
0: By the way, dear listener, this entire time, Dan's eyes have been rolled into the back of his head. He's completely disassociated, and he's just rattling off this information uh, off the top of the dome. (laughs) He has completely disassociated. Um, He is not of this realm any longer.
1: Okay, so (laughs) thank you, John, for bringing me back to Earth. Uh, I I just want to give a couple of... um, uh just just a couple of little uh bits about Steinman that you might not know so uh holding out for a hero one of the big hit songs from from Footloose sung by Bonnie Tyler Right. it's also a, a Steinman composition um one of the original so old school like 1980s Hulkamania wrestling fans WWF would remember Hulk one of Hulk Hogan's first entrance songs before he started using real American and it went dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun dun 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 so that was written by Jim Steinman <laughs> okay. uh, and it was all it was actually a Bonnie Tyler song called Ravishing Oh. Uh, so, uh, Steinman and Meatloaf kind of had a falling out and then they got back together and in 93, Bad of Hell 2 came out and it was a huge hit and we're going to be talking about, uh, about some of the music from that today. And, uh, after that, like Steinman kind of drifted around, uh, like I mentioned before, he... Um, you know, wrote and produced uh, Celine Dion's "It's All Coming Back to Me Now," which was a uh, big hit for her. Right when she was sure, you know, that was right after the Titanic song. Um, uh, and you know, he 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 did a bunch of other things and did a bunch of other things. Really, and, and then, that was, I mean, like "Bat Out of Hell" was pretty much the peak, and then yeah. there was that and. Wasn't Bad you Out of know, Hell 2 called Back Into Hell? Indeed it was. Yeah. Oh, and there was, there's. I mean, and also there was a Bad Out of Hell 3. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. That was pretty,
0: I mean, in the grand scheme of things, pretty recently, right? Like within this millennium. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I I mean, it, I, I think I list, might have listened to a song from it and oh. it was not. Was not great. Okay. Um, yeah, you know he's. I mean, once for you musicals. go out of hell, then back into hell, what else is there to do? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, you don't have to travel. have an answer to that, Dan. It's okay. <laughs> uh, not right now. Well, it's oh, it's bad out of hell three. The monster is loose. Oh so shit! So you have to, you have to capture the escaped monster from hell. That's, got it. Got it. Got it. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, he was gonna do like a Batman the musical. Oh my goodness. Uh, he, he was gonna be involved in the Crybaby musical, and then that didn't happen. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was there 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 were a lot of like woulda coulda shouldas with Steinman.
0: And you know it's funny, uh, and Dan, this might be getting too inside, uh, inside baseball for for us, but I feel like. You know, for me, you were certainly a big meatloaf fan growing up, and you have a friend who was an even bigger
1: Jim Steinman fan. Is that correct? Oh, it's time, it's time. So Michael Doobie, uh, who I who I hope is listening oh, was that to this, a leading question?
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> he's a
1: very so so my my my. One of my oldest, dearest friends, Michael Duby, who is a lawyer, um, a University of New Hampshire, uh, s- sometimes professor, um, and and amazing dad, uh, is was like in the inner circle of Jim Steinman fans. And so this was in in high school when we were uh you know, like we were just kind of hanging out and real like, cool like, guys, about just music. a couple of oh, real yeah. cool guys. Oh no, yeah. Well, only the coolest guys obsess over Jim Steinman music. Yeah, no, <sighs> shit. No one was getting laid like we were.
0: Uh, no. you're disassociating we again. Snap back into it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we uh. It, So, I mean, like, he really was into Steinman, got, like, back into the back. I was, like, I enjoyed... I loved Bad Out of Hell, thought that was an awesome album. I thought Bad Out of Hell 2 had some great tracks on it. And I really enjoyed a lot of the Steinman production. I liked the humor of it. There was a lot of humor in it and a lot of theatricality. So uh, I was really into that because I was, you know, dramatic theater kid, teenager. yeah. So, Well, why don't we now... Rewind. I, I do believe, though, before we leave the topic of Michael Doobie, that Michael Doobie did actually meet, uh, did have the opportunity to meet Jim Steinman. Okay, definitely met Meatloaf. Um, okay, on at least one occasion, but I believe also had the opportunity to meet um, uh, to meet Jim Steinman. I think in more than a perfunctory manner. Like I met Meatloaf at a book signing. Like I shook right. his hand. He signed my book. Thank you very much. <laughs> There you go. Now we will rewind
0: back to, let's go with February 83 if we're talking about the UK release. Total Clips of the Heart, Bonnie Tyler releases. Uh, not too long after, the music video is released, directed by Russell Mulcahy. And he directed The Mummy. That's right. This is a actual director. Yes. <laughs> and And I think that's something that people remember most about whether it's a Meatloaf music video or like a Bonnie Tyler music video, is that there's lots of flowy fabric. And I don't know if it's just that uh, this, that Russell Mulcahy kind of set the the pattern in motion for this type of song to have this like flowy fabric kind of feel to it. But uh, that's that's what happened. And I feel like, you know, people are probably more familiar with I Do Anything For Love because that music video came out during like peak music video era and it's also just like that I mean it's such a spectacle in in and of itself and Total Clips of the Heart which I feel like was if if I had to characterize it was definitely more of like a radio hit and not like a music video hit what's up Dan
1: sorry I would just like to correct myself for a moment that (laughs) Russell Mulcahy he did not correct direct The Mummy he directed Highlander he directed Highlander right Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but and and but he's and, a real deal director. Yes, uh, he's a real deal director, and um, I agree with you that yeah. I mean, yes, this was definitely like 1983. MTV was just in its it's a baby uh, in in its infancy. Yeah, um, like a baby. Yeah. Uh, so this whole music video thing is new, and uh, I think this. I honestly think this video. I'm curious to know. How much of a second life it was given by Pop Up Video because mm. I remember I think I saw this video a Pop Up Video so many times and it was like just one of the most right. entertaining ones to watch.
0: Oh, I wish I could have found that one while I was kind of doing my research because uh, I didn't sure think it about it until given just now. some little gems, but you're right. I totally remember it being popped up. Uh, so this is. The interpretation that I've gotten, and I've read a couple of articles about it that have the same type of read on this uh, music video, because it doesn't spell things out for you. And uh, I'd say that the the music video itself only vibes with the lyrics when those, the words bright eyes come up. Because... There are some literal bright eyes. So, but uh, this, is, this is my... Not Connor Oberst. <laughs> not... Well, I mean, um, did he get it from that song? Ah, uh, I, you know? I I kind of figured he did. Anyway, so the read that I got from this music video is that a woman is trapped in an all-boys private school where choir boys, <laughs> swimmers, ninjas, and more taunt her with their glowing eyes. It is revealed later that this was simply the dream of a new teacher about to join the school's faculty.
1: Dan, is that what you got from this? Yeah, absolutely. What I wrote. So I- I'm just going to kind of read you my notes here um, going through. And I mean, I-, I I hope people have seen this. I mean, like, who hasn't seen this video? So uh, we have here- them linked re- in
0: the show's description. And they're also yes. in the last episode's description as well.
1: So anyway, here we go. So my, total clips are a majestic English boarding school for boys. And then, is Bonnie Tyler a pedophile in this? And then I noted it was a bit like Hogwarts. uh, Right. And that there were doves flying around in slow motion. So maybe that John Woo was involved. (laughs) Uh, It reminded me of a John Woo movie. And then it was, then it kind of reminded me of the X Men Academy. And then there were like boys' shirts coming off. And this one kid had like wings and glittery eyeshadow. And then there was like a Ninja Academy. That's where it kind of hit me that there was a dream because I was like, oh, it's a bizarre dream world. Now, of course, Jim Steinman, there's got to be something like motorcycle related. So there's like leather bikers coming right, up the stairs. Right. And then I wrote, and I quote you from my notes, oh, are these like her anxiety dreams the night before that's, she starts her new job at this exact, boy's school? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's,
0: and take it from me, some, somebody who was just sick for a week, fever dreams, they real, boy. They real. And this was indeed a fever dream. And- I think I mean that, here's my here's my uh my guess as to how this came about. They got access to this building. Maybe it was a, a vacant school or a hospital or something. And then it's like, we've got this whole place and it's creepy as hell, it's dusty, so it's atmospheric and wild. Let's just hire a bunch of actors and see what we can do. And then it's like, what if this was a school? And then they just got a bunch of Boys of varying ages and put them in different costumes and, you know, poured water on some of them and had some of them with glowing eyes and, you know, just kind of took it from there. And then just have Bonnie Tyler singing the entire time.
1: It gets really intense. There's the part when they, there's, they're just, they destroyed the dinner table and there's like the fencers and there's glitter pouring out of their masks. Right. And then like there's the men in the loincloths that are dancing around her. It's, I would want to see, I would. Like, if this music video was playing at the movie theater, I, I would be, I would love to see that. Like, why? I would, I'm, I feel like m- music videos before movies is a missed opportunity. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, this video is a fucking trip.
0: It's a real trip. Uh, it's really wild. Russell McCahey, whatever you did, you did it right because this is memorable. Nailed it. Yeah. It's memorable. And, uh, it really set the stage for, I think, a lot of music videos. And I don't know if this was the first, like, music video of this ilk from a Jim Steinman song. Uh, surely there have been others that were probably more performance-based. But uh, narrative... Most
1: of the Bad Out of Hell... I-, I think most of the Bad Out of Hell videos are... I think there's, like, some cinematic clips mixed in. Yeah, but, I think but it's, it's mostly... mostly Like on a soundstage. Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly like meatloaf on a soundstage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. So that's what's going on in total. So uh, shall we move on to the, uh, to the next one? And yeah. So this next one's going to be
0: interesting because uh, as it turns out, there are two versions of it and we're talking about making love out of nothing at all as recorded by air supply later recorded by bonnie tyler in Mm -hmm. in the i think mid 90s so this is july 83 and uh so the music video that i watched which i think is the more common i don't know um in this one a young soldier returns home from war to brooklyn where he is where he instantly meets a woman who dropped her groceries on the ground We track this couple over the subsequent years as their love grows and then fades, especially due to his wandering eyes. And once a baby is in the picture, he turns into a real P.O.S. But with the memory of their first encounter as fresh as just picked lettuce, they are able to make love out of nothing at all. Kind
1: of reminded me of Blue Valentine.
0: (laughs) Oh, Blue Valentine. That's without a, the cunnilingus oh yeah and the really cute like ukulele moment and
1: you know. well yeah that too but there's that cute little picnic moment um so yeah that is the more common one and uh had i not done some like research i would not have known that there was a second version and the second version no oh, what's going on here okay uh Hang on one second. Sorry, I got stuff popping up on my computer. <laughs> so this one, I believe, is uh, has to do with an airport and leaving oh. for tour? I-, I can give you the rundown on okay. that. So, okay, there you are. All right. So in this one, um, Graham from Air Supply, I, be- I believe his name is Graham. Is he the uh, one with the real, like, squishy face and curly hair? No, the one who kind of looks like like the the shorter one, yeah, like the shorter dark haired one kind of like the the oats, if you will, yes, the no. oats, but also the like the lead singer, oh, is Graham um, the
0: the blonde guitar player,
1: yeah, yeah, got it, so, so yeah, so he's, and I'm so, I all of a sudden, oh yeah, Graham Russell, yeah, um, so
0: they're Graham so, Russell and Russell Hitchcock,
1: how confusing, yes. Yes, Uh, and then the movie, uh, the video was directed by Alfred Hitchcock. No, Um, so Michael Hitchcock. No, Uh, so so Graham is leaving to go on tour, and his wife is upset with him. Um, Oh no! You know this is not what she signed up for, and on top of that, uh, he he's definitely banging someone else on the road, and she's kind of you know, yeah, she's thinking about him. Um, but, and he's thinking about her because he knows that things, they weren't, things were not good when they left. And, you know, they're, they're on the plane. They're on this tiny little touring plane and he's not having fun. Everybody else is having fun. They're playing music and having fun and he's not. Um, and then, and the next thing, you know, she's, uh you know she's packing up her things she's mm. she's done she's leaving and air supply is just they're going from sold-out show to sold out show but graham russell just is not feeling it um until uh and then we realize that she didn't pack her bags to leave him. She packed her bags to join him on the road.
0: Oh, she's making love wanted... that of
1: nothing at all. That's wonderful. He wanted her. He'd wanted her to join him on the on the road, and you know, she was like, "No." Um, oh, good. So, so he gets what he wants. How nice for him. And they kiss in these crazy. So I, I got it's. I wasn't expecting necessarily to make the other wrestling reference, but. Um, if you just Google Ricochet Entrance, okay. Uh, yes, no. There's uh, a WWE uh, superstar named Ricochet who has these awesome entrance lights, and is basically the same like lights lighting that this that Graham and his wife, and it's his actual wife, by the way, right? In the in the video, um, Jody Russell. They're kissing. Yep, Jody Russell. So uh, I I think the the more common version of the video is the, the better video.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. So you consider the one with the, the army vet in the fifties or forties, maybe the, the official one. I mean,
1: I, I, yeah, that would be, yeah, that's the official one because it also cuts back. It doesn't, it does show air supply in it, doesn't it?
0: Yes. Because Uh, they didn't have enough material. So it just kind of goes back to, uh, Graham Russell and Russell Hitchcock just singing and playing the guitar and uh Graham Russell looking like I don't know, just a piece of white bread barely doing anything, and and uh oh, Russell yeah. Hitchcock like really emoting hard and looking like he's about to, I don't know, piss out a kidney stone or something.
1: Oh my god, yeah, uh, bursting into song and tears at the same time. Oh, they're time. you know, they're really giving it their all, but they look really silly at the same time. Oh, absolutely. This is not – we do not have a Russell Mulcahy-level direction on this video. We, no, we do not, or, my friend. Or or Vision. Nor no. – in fact, nor, I,
0: And Dan, nor do we have Michael Bay.
1: No. Oh, but uh, so an interesting – sorry, before we move on to <laughs> – Oh, that was such um, a good <laughs> Nor do we have uh, – sorry. I'm sorry. I, I fucked it up. Come on, man. Nor right. do they have Michael Bay. Say what Bay. you got to say, no, no, no. and then we'll, we'll do that Let's again. just go back to it. No, 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 no. That's, all right. What were you going to no, say? What just... were you going to say? No, never What mind. were you going to say? I'm going to just... try to do it. gonna a Criminal I'm gonna try Minds to make... connection. Hey, look. It a... Say what you're going to say,
0: and then I'm going to try to make a Michael Bay thing happen. Out of nothing at all.
1: No, no, no. Uh, just do your thing. I won't do that. All right. Uh, just so do what you going to say. So, so Criminal Minds, an episode of Criminal Minds, like the, the, the climax of it, apparently- a um a victim uh was attacked by a bar piano player and there's like something because uh she he tells that he's like no I couldn't have been the one to do it because um you know whatever like the the attacker or the attacker played like total eclipse of the heart during the attack or something, but actually played making love out of nothing at all. And the whole idea of like the, the resolution of this is that like the, the guy fucked up because it, the, he got the song titles wrong. Cause they sound so similar. Wow. That's an episode of criminal minds. Yeah. So that is, um, that is season seven, episode 12 of criminal minds, uh, titled unknown subject.
0: Hmm. Sounds like something out of a Michael Bay movie. Speaking of Michael Bay.
1: (laughs) Speaking of Michael Bay.
0: August 1993. I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. And we have, uh, I'd say, one of the more memorable music videos in music video history. This one, Michael Bay pulls out all the stops and he gives us just this delicious treat of meatloaf goodness,
1: and we should put this in context that this is Michael Bay pre uh, mo- pre movies. Sure, mm-hmm. pre I think bad Bad Boys pre Bad Boys pre Bad Boys. Yeah, yeah. I think it was his first just, his first just movie. before Bad Boys, right? Uh yeah. Bad Boys was uh, ninety five. Okay, yeah. So yeah, so. Uh, but Michael Bay at this point, like just a renowned, uh, film director. Um, I mean, what didn't he do? A bu- he did like air, a bunch of Aerosmith videos too, right? Did Michael Bay do Aeros-
0: Aerosmith? Aerosmith? Well, I mean, I'm sure that we'll get to that when we start talking about, uh, Aerosmith <laughs> music videos. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'm just going to kind of go through... Uh, let's see. Uh, this does not have a chronological list, but uh, let's see. Well, rock and roll dreams come through.
1: Another Jim Steinman. Interesting um, that you bring that one up, John. Uh huh. That's if that's we from were... Jim Steinman's solo album, right? Oh, no, rock and roll dreams come through. No, that that he did that one on his solo album, but the video that Michael Bay did mm. was from Bad Out of Hell 2. Oh, Bad Out of Hell 2. Now, Now, John, I happened to watch that video, and if we were ever going to do, like, a surprise watch-along of something, it would be of this video. Like, I don't know if this is something we could do right now. I'm just throwing this at you. But if we could actually, like, have that video on and be commenting on it, (laughs) it is quite something. Okay. It is something magical. So, 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 I'm going to just kind of go through a few of the other...
0: uh... Because there's a lot of there's a lot of meatloaf in here. We have objects in the rearview mirror may appear closer than they are. Did that one? Um, we did Tina Turner "Love Thing." He uh, did the video for "I Touch Myself," the Vanilla Ice song "I Love You." Uh, let's see. We have oh Aerosmith "Falling in Love," um, or "Falling in Love" is hard on the knees. So that's from the album Nine Lives. Uh Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie, Do It to Me. We have Can't Get Enough by Winger. Uh Richard Marks, Angelia. Nice. Nice indeed. Um bu- 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 this, the faster pussycat song, House of Pain, Sitting in the Lap of Luxury by Louie Louie. Uh <laughs> Diana King's Shy Guy. Oh, Sticks, uh, Show Me the Way. Nice. Yeah. And Soldier of Love, Donny Osmond. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and then That's we have Faith Hill, There You'll Be. Yeah, so only the one Aerosmith like song.
1: in the night, who can't give Only the one Aerosmith
0: song, and not any of them that I was thinking.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought he did that, like the crazy, crazy amazing, mm, amazing.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so, all right, Dan, this is
0: my interpretation of this video and i'd love to hear how it differs from from yours the police chase a mysterious motorcyclist into a mausoleum we see that he's half man half monster and longing for a particular woman it is soon revealed that he and this particular woman have a past and she's the only one now who can save him when he finally finds her he vows that he won't be a piece of shit he turns back into a human and they ride off into the sunrise evading
1: the police. Shrug? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's he, that's more that that sounds like what that's what happens. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's some other weird shit going on. There's like a like Bram Stoker's Dracula. There's <laughs> So much shit that goes vampires. on. There's so much shit that goes on,
0: but it's like, what is this really about? And it's it's kind of a total eclipse of the heart situation where it's like they threw everything at it and and it's like to to kind of build this oh uh, this world where there is this like meatloaf monster guy
1: not like a well but and and totally meatloaf, but. but totally appropriate to Jim Steinman and that sense completely. of completely dis- over the top and like like Beauty and the Beast with that like no don't look at my face. Yeah, Phantom of the Opera. Uh, he's got
0: these amazing like fingernail claws and he's like oh, he looks yeah. great. Like whoever did the makeup on this did an amazing job. Like shit holds yeah. up. Bob Keen. Bob Keen. Bob Keen. For a did, second, I thought uh, that you meant Bill Keen, the like Family Circus. Oh, guy. From, from
1: Family from <laughs> yeah. Family Circus. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Jeffy assisted with the nails. Uh, <laughs> so, no, no, uh, no. Bob Keen uh, it, it did. I was I was looking at this. Uh, yeah, and they shot in a uh, a, a mansion in Beverly Hills, uh, the uh, the Graystone Mansion. Oh, okay.
0: Oh, I feel like a lot of movies have been filmed there.
1: I want Probably. to say was that was there not a
0: house on Haunted Hill? Or something? I okay, I'm th- without looking this up first. I want to say
1: that Disorderlies was filmed there.
0: Oh, so I'm
1: gonna look that up right now
0: and see. Look that
1: up right now, but I my money is on you being right. <laughs> with
0: that, I'm not or possibly brain donors. I uh shot. Oh. oh my god, so many. Wow, the list the list is huge. All right, but let me see. Disorder. No, not disorderlies. Um The Golden Child, Cabin Boy, Batman and Robin, Gold Member.
1: This is a huge list. Okay. The prestige. Well, so here, do you want me to read the I have the Wikipedia synopsis of the video here? Ghostbusters two? Which... Sorry. Ghostbusters? Oh, was that Probably like the, the museum? museum. Probably. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, I, I actually, I think that, like, your, I think that your interpretation actually, like, ties the video a little bit more to the song because the synopsis on Wikipedia and, and the video, I mean, like, I guess kind of implies that previous connection to how she's the only one who can save him, uh-huh. but... That's not mentioned in this in this synopsis. It's just like kind of how he he just he comes across her um, and and is watching her, and I guess like becomes obsessed with her. Gotcha. But I I but but when he says like you know no one can save me, no one else can save me now but you, right? Uh, um, and I would say your interpretation definitely hues more closely to the the sense in the song of not like this is some obsessive, like, you know, beast man who's going to be like, you know, your love can heal me. Right, yeah. That it's more of this, like, I, without you, I have become this part human and I want to be human again. And indeed he's human again at the end. He's meatloaf. Right. And so I think that... This is the only one where I really want to kind of
0: get into the song a little bit more um, because it is such this iconic song. And, you know, when you were talking about Total Eclipse of the Heart and how, like, the turnaround Bright Eyes thing has come from a different element of a Jim Steinman song from this other thing, you know, that makes sense to me because it's like, what is going on there? But for I Do Anything for Love, but I Won't Do That, what's fascinating about the song is that it has its own... uh, kind of mythology behind it, and it has this own mystique to it because, and I don't know if this is just, like, kids being dumb because this came out at a time where, you know, MTV and the radio and everything, and it was just like, you know, we were bombarded by this song I mean certainly in our household you we were, but I think that everybody was bombarded by this song well, quite a it bit. was on top 40 no of course and and yeah. the but I won't do that was like such a mysterious thing uh until you <laughs> actually like look at the lyrics and you're just like oh no he's just saying but I but I won't like leave you I won't be yeah, a piece of the thing
1: that I the thing that I just said I wouldn't do. Yeah. I would do anything for love, but I won't Except do that. that. Yeah, the thing I just said. I know, right? It's it's like it's just it's grammar. <laughs> uh, no, totally. And I,
0: when you actually look at the lyrics, you're just like, oh no, this just makes total sense. But the fact that there's like this, you know, vague notion to it. If you just listen to it without thinking about it. You know, it gets people talking about it and it kind of is this like perfect marketing move for this song that it didn't even wasn't even intending in the first place. And uh, it's I don't know, it was very effective, at least in terms of like getting people to talk about it. But, you know, clearly he's just saying like, no, I would do anything for love except for like that thing that I just said about like being a piece of
1: garbage and, you know, yeah, uh, I don't know I' would do anything right in front of me. for love but I'm not gonna go find it somewhere else I'm not gonna cheat on you right I'm not exactly gonna... yeah uh and i I mean I think th- this also had in its favor uh the fact that you have like the the generation that would have been you know really into bat out of hell when it when it came out yeah I guess the younger end of the of the boomers uh you know, then they have like their kids are in high school when this comes out. Right. So it's it it's kind of I think with a lot I mean, not in our house because our parents were not fans <laughs> of Meatloaf. But I, I, I'm sure in a lot of homes where like, you know, parents like had that album, yeah. uh, that like when Bad Out of Hell Two came out, it was like, Oh, all right. Um Well, I mean like, also- I went when I uh, well, an album I... with
0: the word hell in the title? Forget it. Oh, Boomers be no. freaking.
1: Oh, no. Abs- absolutely. So, Toys yeah. in the attic, though. No problem. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, yes. Love yeah, in an elevator
0: so... is just about, you know, like seeing someone cute in an elevator, you know?
1: Yeah, no, it's just it's about, you know, intimacy. Yeah. It's just about intimacy. Um, being close and you know, knowing how to push someone's buttons. Uh so um oh and I did I actually did have the opportunity to see Meatloaf on the Bad Out of Hell 2 tour. Mm. Uh did a great show. Dan, may I ask you, is
0: this when you saw the gin blossoms
1: for the first time? No. Oh no! Jim Blossoms opened for UB. That 40. was UB forty. I'm sorry. You're no, one of your me, other childhood obsessions. I mean, well into adulthood. Well into you are literally I,
0: sitting right next to a UB forty framed something or other. I, I have a signed set multiple list from from two well, literally right next to you. I'm looking at like next to your. Oh, that's just
1: an album cover. It's still uh, a framed
0: album cover. <laughs> it is.
1: It is. It is. So so uh,
0: yeah. Just going back to um, you know the the actual song itself. Uh, it's. What's something that's amazing about this song is that it has no structure at all. It is all over the place. Like in terms of like creating a song, it is, it makes no sense. It starts off with, and I would do anything for love. Like there's nothing lyrically leading into that. It starts with and, which is fascinating. And I would do anything for love. I'd run it into hell and back. I would do anything for love. I'd never lie to you. And that's a fact, but I'll never forget the way you feel right now. Oh no, no way. That's what he won't do forgetting the way you feel yeah so it's pretty um yeah it's pretty basic right there and this has like it's such a a cool song and it builds in such a really fun way uh as long as the planets are turning as long as the stars are burning as long as your dreams are coming true you better believe it that's like such a Triumphant moment. It's so cool. Oh, it it's so builds. fun.
1: And it, oh, it, it be- you better believe yeah. it. And I would do. I mean, it just launches and then like all the music drops out in that one. Yeah. And, someday, and some
0: days, and some days I pray for silence and some days I pray for soul. Sometimes I just pray to the God of sex and drums and rock and roll.
1: What a cool lyric. Yeah. And not sex and drugs and rock and drums. roll, but sex and drums. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, of course,
0: we have the, uh, Oh my god, there's so many lyrics to this song. I don't ever stop dreaming of the You've read out of My Life. Will you raise oh yeah, will you raise me up? Will you hook me down? Will you well, that, get me this right is out of the this, duet? The duet part is amazing. And it's just like, oh we shit. We go into we, the duet. We just listened yeah. to essentially like two songs worth of song, and now we've got a whole other song.
1: But listen, listen to it look it harkens back to Paradise by the dashboard right. light, which starts out dun, 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 And who dun, dun, dun. sings who sings the female part in this one? In this one, it is, I want to say, Carla DeVito, though I think I'm wrong about that. No, I'm sorry, Lorraine Crosby. Oh, okay. Lorraine Crosby. Let me make sure I'm looking at the right song here. Yeah. Yes, Lorraine Crosby. Yeah, but just like some of the back and forth
0: here where she's kind of asking these questions of him, and he's like, I can do that, I can do that. And then, um, like, it's just such a cool moment like uh will you cater to every fantasy i got will you hose me down with holy water if i get too hot will you take me places hot. i've never known it's so cool
1: it's so I dorky but it's I... so cool oh my yeah. oh it's amazing yeah Ugh. i mean it's like you're
0: saying like it's a theater you take kids me places i've never yeah. known it's it's a total what theater kids do? rock song it's a total karaoke showstopper it's it's awesome there was a, um, one night, uh, this is back when I was living in LA, and a friend of mine, uh, t- his name is Tom, he actually runs a really cool bar in the Highland Park neighborhood called The Fable. Actually, it might be in Eagle Rock, but it's a really cool bar, check it out. But he also uh, has run this uh, karaoke company called Ho Karaoke, which I think now is just housed within The Fable, but he used to go around to different bars and do karaoke nights, and uh, did a karaoke night at the Bigfoot Lodge in Atwater Village, and they did this theme night where you come dressed as the person whose song you're performing. And I remember, I think it was my friend, I, uh, uh, oh, who was it? Oh my God, why am I, why am I blanking now? But uh, a friend of mine came to do "I Do Anything for Love" and came like fully meatloafed out. And just was, uh, Josh Briggs, that's who it was. And just like had a wig and the, sh- the flowy white shirt open and just like, yeah. it was so much fun. <laughs> and it's just like, that's what that, this song is for. It's, it's made to be like reproduced theatrically. And it's like the music video for this song, like left such an impression on us that we associated so much with the song. And, you know, it came around right at that perfect time where, like, MTV was in its stride, still just playing, like, music videos all the time. Uh, I don't know if Beavis and Butthead had begun around this time. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely.
1: But, yeah, MTV, this was that MTV, that, like, golden era MTV, like, has its own original programming. Yeah. Yo MTV Raps, one hundred and twenty minutes. One hundred twenty minutes is amazing. Uh, But I think you also had like like Remote Control was probably my. Is that the right show? Remote Control. There was Remote Um, Control.
0: uh, You know, there was Squirt TV with Jake Fogelnest. (laughs) and uh, like I think that was was, the grind, and you know, it was fun.
1: That was it was like the very beginning. It was before all that like real world road rules stuff. Just and, I mean, real actually, world. no, like, actually, yeah, on the cusp of real world, right? Which I think was we really had yet the, to meet Puck, but we were about to. I think we had, I think we did have, uh, like spring break, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the MTV Beach House. I think that that was already a thing, right? MTV Beach House,
0: uh, I, th- I mean, 93 probably, and let's see. Like, I don't know if there was the like
1: screwed up their lip sync (laughs) (laughs) or that was something else that was. uh, Yeah, that was a
0: different thing. But yeah, no. uh, What a fun time. It was a really like unique time that like you couldn't explain that to a kid now. And this is not me being like back in my day. It's just like it was a special thing that like you can't really describe it.
1: Well. Yeah. And it was it was also like I remember just and being a, a music fan and the anticipation of something new coming out and that like you would have to go and get it. And if you wanted it badly enough, you know, uh, you'd steal you it would from go, browsers in Cranford, New you Jersey. Would, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I was going to say if you wanted it badly enough, you'd actually pay for it. Uh <laughs> But you would go to like, like going to midnight, like re- releases so that you could buy yeah. it like at 1201 when it's released. Or like, I remember there was a place in New Brunswick, New Jersey, uh, Tunes, and mm-hmm. they used to put out like the new releases would hit the shelves on Tuesday, but they would put them out like Monday evening. Oh, wow. So if I, like, I remember, I think, like, Radiohead's Kid A. I was like, uh, I'm not fucking waiting until Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it so, was a really
0: exciting time. Um, You know, it yeah. wasn't the type of thing where it's just like, you look at your phone
1: and it's just like, oh, Radiohead released a new album. You know? Right, right, right. Or I can just go on YouTube or Spotify and, and or, like, I mean, yeah, Spotify or anything. Just listen to whatever I want to listen to.
0: Yeah. This is not us being just like old heads talking
1: about the good old days. But no, but but back in those good old days, back in those good old days, we used to talk about how awesome it would be if you could do everything that I, we're yeah, like, oh, it's not like
0: that. I know. I know. And, you know, I, I'm I'm grateful for it. It's it'd be nice to find something that, you know, emulates that that real experience again, where it's like something that you truly couldn't get unless you were just like at the right place at the right time Um, or if you're at Tunes, maybe the day before.
1: I think that's a really nice way of looking at it, though, is that it's it's a right place, right time. So anyway, speaking of right place, right time, I think this is the right place in the show and the right time to talk about, like, so what do we do? How do you...
0: Oh, but Dan, there's actually one more thing I wanted to talk about. There's one more thing I wanted to talk about. So that perfect segue that you just had, can you just, like... Try and make that happen again some other... I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, let's do it. So uh, my idea for... You're mad at me now. <laughs> you're mad at me. My, so my idea would be, you know, we... Certainly bands do make music videos. Maybe they're made specifically to be released on a platform like TikTok or they're made to be released on some some other kind of social thing. We don't see a lot of, like... I, I think that in hip-hop, we see more music videos being made that are more, like, you know, YouTube-friendly, uh, what would traditionally have gone on something like MTV. But we don't have that so much in the same sense anymore. And and also, it's like the kind of music that's being made right now, we don't have a lot of these Jim Steinmany types of artists anymore we don't have these same kind of songwriters and it's no doubt that they're that you know Jim Steinman left a really big mark on popular music in the 80s and 90s and they were very specific and they were very popular and you know if you just talk about like how many hits this one person put out Yeah, there were a lot of bad songs, but there were a lot of hits. And there are memorable hits. And what would be great is if there was some sort of, like, revivalist band that really wanted to put out a, like, some music in the style of Jim Steinman. And maybe this is a band that exists now. You know, maybe this is a, a band. Maybe it's a band like Foo Fighters. You know, who uh, can kind of go back into, you know, rock and roll history and like make something really epic out of it. Poor one out Taylor Hawkins, by the way. But yeah. like, you know, a band like that who has a lot of reverence for the the music that he's either come before them or has kind of come up alongside of them and isn't saying like, my music is better than your music. It is saying like, you know, I appreciate music, and this is just what we're doing right now. And I feel like if a band like Foo Fighters—I'm not saying them specifically—but did some sort of revivalist album or EP or something, and did a music video in this style, lots of flowing fabric, and like really did a an homage to these like Jim Steinmany music videos and, and making love out of nothing at all is a bit of an outlier. That one, um you know, you have the the Jim Steinmany passion behind it. But I, I couldn't even find the person who the name of the person who directed the music video. I think that it just kind of got like I mean it was probably uh what is it? Uh whatever, Hitchcock and Graham
1: Yeah Russell I,
0: I- Russell Hitchcock, Graham Russell, and, you know, it's probably them just being like, yeah, I don't know, just
1: do, do this kind of thing, because it's like, it doesn't oh, there's really... there's this MTV thing. We need to have a video for the song. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Stand
1: who doesn't there love, and lip sync it. Who doesn't love the 40s?
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. uh, so, anyway, like, I think it'd be really fun to have some sort of, like, revivalist uh, vibe going on, like, paying homage to the uh, theatricality of a Total Eclipse of the Heart music video or I Do Anything for Love music video. That's what I got, Dan.
1: Okay, so uh, (laughs) my proposal is something that I wrote in 1999. You didn't. And it is in... In 1999, uh, as I was a college graduate, uh, making money as a substitute teacher, doing a lot of hall duty and sitting there with really not much to do and, uh, you know, uh, uh, legal pads and pens. So I I wrote a musical with Jim Steinman's music. Well, Dan, to quote Jim Steinman,
0: it's all coming back to me now. Go ahead, please.
1: Okay. So, uh uh it's called Hot Summer Nights. Uh although it does not use the song <laughs> Hot Summer Nights. Okay. No, that one's in the prequel. Uh So, uh I wrote a musical. It opens with the song Bad Out of Hell and I mean, look, I was I was I was young. I'll tell you the plot. Basically, it's this uh you know, this guy who he's a you know, he, uh, you know, up and coming, he wants to be, you know, a, a, a singer and he's got his girlfriend who's, you know, this amazing musician, piano player. We don't really know that much about them in the beginning, but basically what we find out is he, you know, in his, he makes money working as a bouncer and he, he ends up accidentally killing a pimp and, uh, and he's like, I have to. This is 1999. Just making sure. I have to. Yes. Okay. He's like, I have to leave. Uh, like, I have to get out. Like, you know, I I have to leave. I have to leave. Like a bat out of hell. Uh. So. Uh. So he leaves. That's like that's the prologue, and then, um, we we kind of flash forward 17 years later. You know the 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 girlfriend. Part, I, okay. Go are or well yeah she, well she's yeah she so anyway she is a she's haunted uh figuratively literally as well um and she is you know trying to get over it and she teaches piano and she has this student he's like 17 18 and he's just amazing and it's like when he plays his music he she is like the spirit of her like this her love she, like she kind of feels it and like when this kid plays it almost brings his spirit uh into her and it kind of like his like this kid's piano playing almost channel like kind of channels the spirit which is good because the hit this guy's spirit uh because in the song Bad Out of Hell uh in the opening number he basically escapes Uh, death or he escapes the like full death. He doesn't escape death, but he escapes the afterlife. Yeah. (sighs) So he's, uh, so he kind of has to find closure by, I think making sure that she's happy. She's just kind of been in mourning, but meanwhile there's this kid and she's like, "Uh, he's half my age, but when he plays music, I feel everything that I felt when I was with my uh, when I was with, you know, that that guy. And uh, he has a whole, in, to, in fact, in, in my musical, Total Eclipse of the Heart, is is the duet between the two of them. And she's oh. singing about being haunted. And he's like, I want you to see me. Turn around, bright eyes. Well, of course, bright eyes was his nickname for uh. it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that one's in it. I don't think I would do anything for love uh making love at was, nothing at all making love at nothing at all is in it yes <laughs> is it really uh, yes it is um it, it's kind of the it's like the third act romantic climax when the um the our young protagonist and uh his love interest Finally, you know, get past the things. It's kind of like the suddenly Seymour. If I can make a little shop of horrors connection. It's that like they finally get past everything that's been keeping them apart. And they're finally uh, they're finally together. There's there's a lot more in the show. Like the the uh, the this protagonist uh and i forget all the characters names but our protagonist has like a best friend and he's it's kind of like they're the meatloaf and steinman like the the protagonist is steinman and this other guy is is the meatloaf and he wants the fame and the attention and like there's even a there's like there's a quasi rape scene in it it's not Mm. it's not but it's 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 bad it's where basically like a groupie finds like he gets famous off of this other guy's songs and then like he's in it's one of those like rock star in a hotel room like just drinking straight out of a bottle of champagne like standing on the bed in a robe um and like a groupie manages to get in and he almost he He attempts to take advantage of her. It does not happen. He's stopped. But uh, that's and actually that song, there's that and that's it's a musical number. It's called Stark Raving Love, which was from Steinman's Bad for Good album. Got it. And Bad for Good is another song. And it's because this character, this guy who, I think mean, his friend wants him to be more like him. And his friend is like, no, like, look, you have a beautiful voice and like, you can like, don't be such an asshole. And the guy's just like, look, this is what I am. I'm an asshole. Okay. So what? Okay. <laughs> so sue me. Uh, but, you know, in the end, there's a, there's resolution. There's other songs around in heaven can wait. Are um, the protagonist, the guy who sings bad out of hell in the beginning. Also sings, uh, sings Heaven Can Wait. Our our protagonists' parents sing Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Because <laughs> okay. all we get, all we get of this kid's parents is like that they are just constantly like bickering about the like, m- like minutia, mm-hmm. and and it it eventually just goes back to them reminiscing about Paradise by the Dashboard and it's like Paradise by the Dashboard links. Oh, I'll remember that and we were young and we were in love. And then it's like, let me sleep on yeah. it. Yeah. And then you promised me that you'd love me and then you knocked me up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's the resolution between the parents to kind of be like, we're in this. Like, (laughs) it's not always going to be sunshine and rain. No, that song is such a
0: kind of a grim song. Like at the very end, it's like, and now we're praying for the end of time.
1: (laughs) It was long ago and it was far away and it was so much better than it is today. It's
0: yeah, what a what a strange song. It's like
1: it sounds what, what so a, upbeat, but the lyrics are just like, oh, they're so sad. And it's so interesting in the context of, of that album and where you have songs like two out of three ain't bad, which is it's just kind of um like this, yeah, f- this Moby? no it's and it's
0: great but it's 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 a it's like a a smith's type of thing where it's like it sounds so like cheerful but then it's just like and i want to kill you next to me and it's like it's like the saddest song in the world but it just sounds so joyful
1: well and that baby we can talk all night it, it, it and it's a, and it's like it's interesting because usually you hear a song of that tone, and it's like it's from the like I'm the one being dumped, and it's like no, I'm the one. I'm I'm like look, yeah. I want you, and I am I'm, I'm like I want to fuck you, but I like that's it. I, yeah, I, I'm not interested in much more than that.
0: Well, Dan, I think we've accomplished a lot here, and uh... I know. <laughs> I, you know, I no, I'm loving that we're doing this, and I and I want to take this an, one step further. We haven't talked about what we're going to do, but I'm going to tell you what we're going to do for the next one because we've already kind of teed Amazing. it up a little bit. We're yes. going to do three songs from the Aerosmith music video catalog. We're going to do Crazy, Amazing, and Janie Got a Gun.
1: Wow. Okay. This is going to be f- this. This is. <laughs> <laughs> this, 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 I, am, I, I will preface this, and I know I'm going to say it again <laughs> on the next episode. I'm not the world's biggest Aerosmith fan. You don't so, have to be the world's know, biggest Aerosmith know, fan, no, because I we've don't.
0: got Liv Tyler, Alicia Silverstone, David Fincher. We've got plenty yes. of elements here to kind of keep things going.
1: All oh, I know Jamie's is- Jamie's got a gun is yeah. that- Yeah.
0: So, you know, th- when it comes to cinematic- Music videos. Oh, this is, this is our next step. This is our next step. Unless we wanted to get like really deep into, you know, some other artists, this is going to be our next big one.
1: We, I, yeah, I do think I, I actually, and I, I, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that if we're talking about cinematic music videos, I do think Aerosmith, uh, you know, the ones that, the ones that we're covering and then some, uh, have definitely like contributed to the, to the genre. Of cinematic music videos, absolutely. So I'm I'm down. I'm down for it. I'm down for it. Well,
0: Dan, as you are venturing back into hell, I wish you a good journey.
1: <laughs> good journey. Third lockdown. 2021 and it's a little bit lonely No one's ever coming round Third lockdown 2021 we bet we'd all be outside But I'm still listening to the
0: sound of their tears Third lockdown Every day I'm
1: treated like I offer room service But they mess it in the blink of an eye Third lockdown Every now and then we get a little bit terrified Of when we think she's gonna let fly Third lockdown Struggling
0: to tell the days apart
1: Nothing we can do, we're totally fixed where we are. Once upon a time we went hiking for miles, now we can't be asked for the park. Nothing we can say, we're totally fixed where we are.